0: everybody you have just tuned in to the steel city blitz steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of south florida and uh, a little excitement in my voice for several reasons number one we are much much closer to pittsburgh steelers football and actually getting a chance to see these guys with our own eyes a little bit it's been such a unique unusual uh training camp but uh also things are looking up in pennsylvania for High school sports and fans and, and here in Michigan our our governor just opened the door for for high school football to resume after it looked like we were going to be going in the spring so a lot of lot of good news type things there and um, tonight we we want to talk a little bit about uh, the latest installment of, of Ben Roethlisberger's uh, video series which has been just outstanding and uh, and, the, and the big thing tonight is the roster projection. Um, the Steelers have to cut down by 4 p.m on Saturday to their 53-man roster. So that'll be the big thing tonight, and uh, we'll also mix in a little bit of contract talk as well as we get towards the beginning of the season. And uh, joining me, as always, uh, Ben, how are you this fine September Eve? I see how Ben is doing, yes. Much better now. Much better now yes the the very same same sound that you hear at the beginning of the steel City bliss podcast, but now by the way uh a a can opening uh and Ian um did you go with the uh beer or the whiskey tonight what you what'd you go with I went with
1: whiskey, I'm drinking a old overhalt whiskey, old overhalt that's kind yes. of a, that's kind of a mouthful it is it is it tastes like it has alcohol in it, and it's delicious <laughs> uh very good, very good yes. and uh uh I, I
0: have a very uh basic Coors light, uh, but it's nice and cold and right now that's all that matters.
2: Enjoy uh, your water.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. It's
2: water with it's fizzy water though. Come on. I, I I'm it's sorry. Busy.
0: I'm a large person. I, I have to watch my calorie intake, you know. I, I gotta do something. Uh in any case, uh guys, the Ben Roethlisberger video series started off great. It has been a um a a really good visual, um, of Ben's entire process from the injury through his surgery. And we got part two yesterday. It, uh, it emerged. And, and again, we, we got to see some really, really cool stuff. Um, uh, and just, I, I, just me personally, as I was watching this, I just kept, I just kept kind of thinking, um, you know, I never really thought Ben Roethlisberger would any ever do anything like this, and I was just really, really appreciative of the fact that that he and and his wife Ashley and and everybody was so on board with doing this. And it's been, it's been really, really good. And uh, Ian, I know you you jotted down some notes and stuff yesterday. What what were some of the takeaways that you took from from part two of this?
1: Um. So. Once again, you know, we talked last week about just how candid Ben has been um, throughout this and how open and honest he was. And I think, you know, one of the things that got me too was there was shots in this segment of it that, you know, he just recorded on his phone, like kind of as a video diary, um, you know, saying, hey, it's this day, this is what's going on with me. So on and so forth. Um, So, you know, he's kind of been working his way up to recording this all along, which I got to think was also some motivation for him along the way, kind of knowing, you know, hey, I'm I'm kind of making this video, so I got to keep working to get better um and there was a, an excellent segment at the end of it him talking about what motivates him and you could really see his growth as a as a team leader and you know how he really wants to do it for kind of everyone in the in the building too yeah. um not just winning for himself anymore like he did when he was a young kid but you know he wants to do it for for everyone around him which is which is pretty cool to see um you know him having that that team focused and team centric attitude um the the one other thing that i really noticed was um you know last year whenever Mason had his first start, Mm-hmm. In San Francisco. There was a oh, lot yeah. of chatter on Pittsburgh sports radio, and I think we may have even addressed it on the podcast about um, you know why isn't Ben at the game? Why isn't he supporting Mason? Oh, know, yeah. Of course, there was um, you know there was some stories out there even after Mason had been drafted about the the sort of tenuous relationship that they may or may not have had. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it provided a, a very good insight into that. I mean, he had surgery the next morning after that game, and he had to do some pre surgery prep on Sunday, so he even though they were in San Francisco and he was in L.A., he couldn't be there but the interesting thing was you know he he had the hotel set up a television for him to watch the game and there were shots of him there like reacting to the game and you know just how how into it he was and you know it's, it's kind of refreshing seeing like oh yeah hey ben roethlisberger will scream at the tv just like i do okay you know it's, it's all good. <laughs> he, he looked like an expectant father at times
0: uh, <laughs> yeah. watching the game it, it it was really really interesting but it, it did answer that question about where was he uh mm-hmm. during that time uh ben what what have you taken from from this so far and and did anything really stand out to you in in the second installment
2: uh i I do appreciate the fact that that he's being as open and as mm-hmm. candid candid as he has yeah. been, and he's he's talking about himself and he's he's not doing what he's done previously, which is involve teammates and things and maybe say things that he shouldn't have said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um he's just talking about his own struggles and how he's trying to deal with it and that's, that's pretty cool you know it's yeah you look at these guys and sometimes as fans i think we forget that they're human beings and Definitely. you know this kind of lets you see some of that side of it and you know in, including the point when he gets home and he's had surgery and his kids are running up going daddy <laughs> that was pretty cool you know honestly yeah. being able to see that side of his life that was that was pretty cool. Well, um, yeah, and uh, yeah, the 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 being away from the game that stuck out at me, jumped out at me. Um, oh, God, I just dropped my beer.
0: Oh, uh, that's not, oh no, it's alcohol uh, abuse, man. We can't tolerate that. Yeah, I, I you uh, know uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, you know, when he got home, and and there was the scene of him, and, and he's got the arm in the brace, the elbows all braced, and he's walking with, and he's got the shovel in his left hand. And if you're a dog owner, you knew immediately what he was doing. Yeah, although he didn't say it, you know. Here, here's oh, Ben he did well, he No, did. He, he said he, he was picking up dog do. And- oh no, he he did, but at first he doesn't mention it. Um, and and. He, he said something very um, humble uh, uh, about, look, even even I have to do this or even I choose to do this. And, you know, this, this guy's worth hundreds of millions and he's out right. here picking up dog poop. I, I thought yeah. it was refreshing.
2: it's just like, you know, he basically is saying just because you're an engine reserve doesn't mean you can't contribute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that was cool. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, watching him in the training room and <laughs> and, and dealing with Dr. Bradley. Yes. And all that. And damn, the size of the scar. Holy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I guess I wasn't expecting it because I wasn't either. Those tendons aren't that big. Um, the, the flexor tendons, they're just not that big. So I just didn't I didn't know it was going to be that big a scar. That must have been a really, you know, lengthy, open procedure. Not at all what I was expecting. No, anyway, I mean, uh, it's cool, though, to, to see that kind of stuff, you know, that that was really my my big takeaway. It's just to kind of get a, a different point of view mm-hmm. on that whole process. I, I you know, the, the thing I, I
0: took to was also from the training room a little bit, uh, the the banter, the conversation, the back and forth that he has with Dr. Bradley. I, I found it to be just hilarious um, They they are almost like two college buddies kind of going back and forth at each other um and and I liked that and then Dr. Bradley said some things um you you can see him he's he's doing the interview from his office at this point and he he talked about the things that all these guys but but Ben specifically go through just to play a game um the the surgery the rehab the pain all of that stuff and and I know nobody's going to feel sorry for guys making tens of millions of dollars and everything else but there is still something to be said for the things that they do put themselves and their family members through in order to keep playing this this game, and uh, I, I thought he really kind of pointed that out quite uh, eloquently. and And I I'm looking forward to the next one. I, I just think this has been really really good, and um, um, I, I also have no doubts. I think Ben is dyeing his beard. It's it's very dark um but, you know as a, as a seriously as, well somebody on twitter asked about that and i i kind of hesitated but i don't know it's pretty dark it's it's His it's all been pretty dark though yeah I it's kind of dark it's got this nice walnut look to it or something like that yeah, and i'm well, i'm also there. so i don't know but we had a good laugh about well you're it. old that's different yeah well this is true uh ben you 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 know been through the medical stuff a lot more than than I have um my yeah, wife asked me this, and i, I didn't have any injuries
2: in. yeah <laughs> do you
0: know do you know how they reattached his tendons is it is it I, us? I do really not and
2: i I yeah. did not uh-uh, no I did not um research the the procedure at all okay um i I was interested in that, but I just haven't gotten around to doing mm-hmm. it. There are five tendons, they all meet in one spot. Yep. Uh I don't know how they reattached it. Uh, I know for several months he wasn't even allowed really to completely straighten his arm out. Right? Uh couldn't use his hand because those tendons are attached each tendon's attached to a finger. Those flexor tendons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it literally is, I mean it, without those tendons you can't hang on to a ball, so it it literally really literally was career threatening. Yeah, but I, now I, I I don't have a clue, honestly, how, how uh, his doctor went about doing it. I, okay. uh, I just was like, wow. I, the whole thing, though, very insightful. That, yes. that is the term I would use walking away from it, is that it was yeah. very insightful in a lot of different ways, not just you know looking at the medical procedure, but his life and what he goes through. That and, and Ryan Switzer at a concert. What a <laughs> dork. Oh, God, what a dork. That was just peak dorkness i was just like dude really they included this I, okay I think, I think ben included that on purpose to embarrass you ryan i, I really think do. he did
0: too because it it made little sense to me whatsoever um and i just kept laughing at it i mean he well we'll talk a little more about Switzerland our roster projections but yeah it it was one of the dorkier moments that i've i've seen um Ian, hey, good for yeah, him he yeah, was
2: happy whatever yeah
0: exactly exactly uh Ian uh contract stuff before we get into the roster breakdown um you know Cam Hayward Cam has always struck me as a guy who's pretty blunt he'll he'll just come out and say things um he's professional about it doesn't doesn't say anything to to offend anybody but he put out some some tweets this week that kind of had a lot of people scratching their heads that man maybe this doesn't get done and and maybe he isn't back next year um where do you think we are with all this because you know the Steelers don't they don't negotiate once the
1: kickoff begins on opening night That is true uh that being said I think maybe a deal doesn't get done versus maybe he's not back next year two completely different things because there don't forget you know there's the even if they don't get a deal done before training camp there's mm-hmm. always the the possibility of them getting something done in the off season after the after the regular season ends, but before yeah. the next season starts, um, so you know that that possibility is still out there. Um, I think part of it could just be a cash flow issue from the Steelers' standpoint. That I mean they're relatively tight up against the cap. They have about five million dollars in cap space. Um, they could they could work a deal with Hayward that would not really raise or lower his current cap hit much at all. They -hmm. they keep it about the same for this year. Um, That being said, you know, there are clauses where um, when you, when you sign a guy, you have to put so much of the contract into escrow in the bank. And considering the fact that the Steelers just had to refund basically all of their season ticket holders money, which probably amounts to somewhere in the range of 45 to $50 million. Um, they may just not have a lot of money in the bank right now to be able to put into escrow or to actually spend on, you know, a signing bonus. Yeah. You know, you don't really think about what you think about it from the cap standpoint. Cause when you think about the salary cap, you're like, Oh, the signing bonus get, you know, you give them a higher signing bonus. So it gets spread out over the years, but from an actual cash flow standpoint, like, you're writing that guy a check for whatever it is, twenty, thirty million dollars, right yeah, on the spot. Um, so I, I think I think part of the, the I, I don't want to even call it a hesitation. I think part of the the deal right now is both sides want to get a deal done. The Steelers may just not have enough cash in the bank to be able to to do what they need to be able to do to sign Hayward to give him his market value.
0: Maybe they can ask Ben Roethlisberger for a loan uh he's sitting on a few but yeah I'm gonna look at
1: this
2: from a slightly different standpoint okay one my understanding is the Steelers borrow money to I mean I'll give you an example Ben Roethlisberger's contract when they Mm -hmm. signed him to his last one to fund the guarantee they borrowed the money and they borrow money at close to zero percent so I'm not really convinced that cash flow is the issue here with cam um I think they are concerned about what's going to happen from a revenue standpoint. And it's beginning to be a worst case scenario where they, you know, they may not have fans in the stands all year. And it's not just tick, season ticket holders and that revenue, it's, it's all the concessions revenue. And they still have to pay rent on that stadium. <laughs> yeah. They've got to pay rent. There's no rent yeah. forgiveness just because there aren't fans in the stands. Still got to pay rent, you know? So, uh, all of that—that that definitely hurts them from a revenue standpoint, and they're concerned about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I also think that they're looking at it from this standpoint: uh, the franchise tag value this year for defensive tackle was 15.5 million. The market for um, defensive tackles right now is about 17 per year if you're at the top of of top your game, uh, top of the league, top tier guys. So that's mm-hmm. that's where Cam would be they're looking at it from the standpoint that they can franchise him next year and it gives them time to negotiate a deal. Yeah. And I think they're also looking at it from the standpoint that they may have to next year, choose between cam and Stefan to And I don't know how that's going to turn out. I mean, I, you know, honestly yeah. to is super talented. Um, but I can't say that he's the better of the two players, you know. But then I, you know, I think back to uh, to Greg Lloyd and um, uh, 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 why am I forgetting his name? Chad Brown. Chad Brown. And and yeah. you know they wanted to keep Chad Brown, but on the first day of free agency, Seattle Paul Allen <laughs> uh, flies him out there, and before they even sit down to talk about a contract. Paul Allen hands him a check for $4 million. And back then, that was a lot of money for linebackers. A
0: chunk of money.
2: A lot of money for linebackers. You know, it'd be like a guy today walking in and and Paul Allen handed him a check for $40 million, which Paul Allen could do. Yeah. So, you know, they, they couldn't keep him. And their rationale at the time was, well, we feel like, you know, Greg Lloyd is the guy who really loves football and we want to keep him as a stealer and yada, yada, yada. But oh, they, I remember
0: those. Nicole. They let
2: Chad Brown leave and they, they let Rod Woodson leave and they made a bunch of mistakes.
0: Yeah. Cowher, uh, Ed Bouchette had a nice article today. Um, I think it was today in the athletic and, and it was, a, he interviewed Bill Cower and he was talking about cutting players, um, the difficulty in that. Um, and, and Greg Lloyd came up, uh, James Harrison came up, but so did Rod Woodson, too, and, and uh, along with some others. And you could definitely tell in, in Bill Cowher's answers that, you know, kind of like, damn, we, we, we messed up in some spots. Uh, but
2: um, Well, he didn't really have a choice then. I mean, no, for a lot no, of that, that, that was Tom Donahoe, and, and he right. got to decide, and that's eventually why things between the two of them came to a head. Yep. Um, the other one was uh, Kevin Green. Uh, Cowher really wanted to keep him. He, they did know they had Gilden behind him, and they liked Gilden a lot, and it just came down to money. They didn't even make Kevin Green an offer, and Cowart was not happy at all about that and, and made it clear that he wasn't happy and did not agree with that, but I think next year, there are going to be some tough decisions that have to be made absolutely all over the place on the salary cap, and if two, has another year where he misses a bunch of time because he can't stay healthy. It may seal his fate and you know, he may leave the team Yeah, and cam who cam Hayward would stay. Honestly, if I had to choose one guy, it would be Hayward. Um, I don't think he's as physically talented as to but he's a better player. Yeah. He, he just, he just yeah. is,
0: uh, <laughs> Before we get into the uh, roster projection, just a reminder that you're listening, of course, to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing. They serve Broward and the southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting Deck Roofing Incorporated.com. Um guys, I, I think some of these positions are are as concrete as ever could be um and so we'll just kind of slide by some of these cuz they they're not going to merit a lot of discussion. Um Ian, let's just start with quarterback here. Um I tinkered with the idea earlier on that maybe Paxton Lynch might give Duck Hodges a little bit of a challenge. I hope um, well, I I, did. I I hoped too. It isn't um, happening. It's it's not. not no, Ian. We're I mean, do you, do you see us with with Ben Mason and Duck again? Is that where you're at?
1: Uh, yes, unless someone gets cut from another team, um, that you know yeah. we can sign on a, on a relatively minimum deal. I mean, we just talked about with Cam Hayward; they don't have a lot of cap space. So when you talk right. about bringing in outside guys, you talk about bringing in salary cap. Contracts. And even, you know, Josh Rosen's been a popular guy that a lot of people have talked about. Um, You know, he's bounced around between Arizona and Miami, and he's had whatever it is eight different offensive coordinators in five years or something like that but um you know josh rosen was a top 10 pick and there's a fairly sizable contract that comes with being a top 10 pick i mean it's it's not you know a veteran size contract but it's a decently large contract and um you know trading for josh rosen from miami while he might be worthless to miami at this point um, you're you're trading for that contract so you're you're better off actually waiting to see if Miami cuts Rosen and then sign him on the free agent market to you know a deal that fits your cap standards rather than trading for his right. existing contract, which would be his his draft value contract yeah no i you and I were bantering back and forth about it today and and uh no you're exactly right uh, but and ben, and just, to, just to be clear about yeah. one other thing here you know signing Josh Rosen or trading for him, which they shouldn't trade for him, but signing him, you're not necessarily signing him to be the heir apparent to Ben Roethlisberger. You're saying, can we improve the 53 guys on our roster. So the question is is not, is Josh Rosen the heir to Ben Roethlisberger? The question is, is Josh Rosen better than the last guy on our depth chart, which in this case is Devlin Hodges, and the answer is yes. So um, that's sort of how you have to view these bottom-of-the-roster signings. It's not you're signing someone to replace your starter. It's is he Good better point. than the bottom guy on our depth chart?
0: Good point. Ben, where are you with quarterbacks? Same spot?
2: Yeah, pretty much. And and to expand upon the point that Ian just made about Rosen in particular, mm-hmm. um, if you trade for his contract, you're getting a guy this year who's only going to make 750 because his roster bonus has already been paid by the Dolphins. However, you're also picking up the guaranteed salary for 2021, which is almost $3 million. Ooh. So basically you got I mean, you got to take that into consideration so you're basically you're looking at about 3 3.8 million dollars for 2 years is that guy worth you know 1.9 million dollars a year for a couple of years it, is it worth it to you to, to take that on to see what he can do and given the cap constraints they're already up against and how much it's going to fall next year the cap's going to fall 23 million dollars next year yeah yeah, And I just, I don't see it unless he gets cut and wants to come to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. But as far it's... as the top three go, yeah, there really isn't, there really yeah. is no question at this point. Lin- Lynch isn't going to make it, unfortunately. No. Um, he's been too erratic. That's too bad because he's got it the is. big arm. He's got the big arm. You want to see him do it, but it is it just isn't it happening. Is. Uh Ben
0: will we'll stay with you as we move to the running backs. Um you know, Connor is going to be your RB1. Snell has had a very good camp, dropped a little weight. Uh they they like what he's doing. Um but but who else uh is on that opening day active 53?
2: Well, bear in mind that they have two pass catching targets at tight end now. Mhm. They can run more tight end sets. Two tight end sets, excuse me. Right. Um, which means there is a lesser need at wide receiver. Flat out, that is what it means. Uh, and you couple that with the fact that there have been so many years that the Steelers have had to add either street free agents or guys off their practice squad at running back because they've had injuries at running back. And I think they keep their best four running backs and, and maybe stash one or two more on the practice squad like a kareth white so that kind of tells you where i'm going with it already i think it starts exactly where they started last year where you've got connor at number one jalen samuels at number two then snell and then anthony mcfarland as your developmental running back Mm. but mcfarland is going to develop this year he's not going to be some guy they keep around and see what he can do in the future he'll he'll get playing time uh i just think that these guys are all going to have different roles you know you you've got samuels who's going to be a a third down back you've got connor who really can play on any down he can pick Mm -hmm. up the blitz now he he's a he's an adequate receiver samuels is a better receiver he's a much better player in space than he is between the tackles for sure um uh you you want to you want to run some misdirection or you know handle the ball out of the shotgun and and widen the gaps between your linemen if you're going to hand the ball to Samuels. And Snell, you can just bash away with. And then McFarland, I I really think McFarland is a guy who has got the ability to be a future feature back. Okay. So I think that's kind of the direction they're thinking that he's going to go, but he's not there yet. And I don't think that they've given him enough time to learn the offense to play the central role as the guy who starts week in, week out. yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yet. Now, I think as the season goes on, his his workload will increase. Derek Watt will kind of round things out as a blocker, mm-hmm. patch, pass catcher. Um, so, I mean, you, you may see two running backs and two tight ends on the field at the same time at various points. Crazy. With a fullback, a running back. Yeah, I know. Right. We're going to yeah. run this. We're going to run the slanted eye now. Here we go. <laughs> like we used to do with Bettis.
1: Yeah. The old offset, I get Kreider in there to lead block.
2: Oh, man, uh, that guy
1: was great. <laughs> my one regret as a Steelers fan is never buying a Dan Kreider jersey. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I real. I, I I like every year I was like, oh, man, I should get a Kreider jersey. And I never did. And I look back on it. I'm like, man, I should have bought that.
0: Oh, he was, man, he, he was just a fullback through and through, wasn't he? Um. Ian, uh, are, are you in the same camp there on those projections for running back?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, you know, the, the guy that always seems to keep hanging around is Trey Edmonds. Um yeah. He'll probably make it on the practice squad again this year, especially with yeah. the expanded practice squad size. Yes. Um, and the other name I'll throw out there is Wendell Smallwood. Um, we picked him up from the Eagles. Um, you know, he he basically does a lot of the same things that Kareth White and Anthony McFarland do. Um, you know, he played at West Virginia. He was a small, fast running back and return kicks. Um, but I just. There's no way we keep three of those type guys on the roster with White yeah. and McFarland and Smallwood. And considering the draft investment they made in McFarland, um, I, I got to think White and Smallwood are probably competing for a practice squad spot. I would have a hard time seeing one of them get a roster spot unless it was purely as a kick returner, kind of in that Stefan Logan role. But McFarland yeah. can return kicks too. So, um, you know, let's, let's not put that past them.
0: Yeah. Good point. Um, Let's slide over and Ian, we'll keep it with you. Tight ends might be the most easy three selections there are of all the roster projections. Uh, I'm going to assume you're just going to pencil in Ebron, Vance McDonald, and Zach Gentry.
1: Yeah. uh uh, unfortunately on the third point um with zach gentry because he sucks um but they they invested a fifth round pick in him last year and we've seen it with guys like brian allen in the past that they will typically give their draft picks two years to see what they can do and if they suck which i mean zach gentry hasn't shown really anything um (laughs) then uh they you know they'll let him go. But this'll this will be his second year. They will they'll see if they have anything there. But I, I think not only that he makes the roster, but uh, you know, given the mass uncertainty that this season comes with you know we've talked before that the first four weeks are essentially going to be they're going to be regular season games because they count but they're going right. to be like preseason right. games because they're going to be sloppy and trying to find their rhythm so um you know we didn't get a chance to see anyone in preseason, so we have no idea if anyone's outplayed him but he has that familiarity with the playbook that i think yeah he gets, gets
0: everything everything i've been told is that he's improved as a blocker he's improved as a receiver but that doesn't really say a whole lot um but he is head and but shoulders he anybody yes exactly um ben i'm going to assume you're just going to go with those same guys and, and and if you have a comment on the tight ends go ahead otherwise go ahead and just jump right into the wide receivers
2: uh on the tight ends you know i, I agree with you, ian I, you can write in eric ebron and vance mcdonald and penn and zach gentry and then erase it and then write his name again because you don't really have a choice I, <laughs> the only guy behind him the only guy competing with him is is Kevin Rader, and he's not going to beat him. It, it no. just is what it is. Yeah. As far as the wide receivers go, I think they're only going to be five. Yep. Um, it'll be it'll be Juju, Deontay, James Washington, Claypool, obviously, yep. and then probably Ryan Switzer. Unfortunately, just because everybody behind him just sucks, you know. Yeah. And I, yeah. I tweeted something today. Yeah more than anything else, just to, just to create some conversation, man, there, there were some, um, there were some reactions to that. Uh, Basically what I said is, you know, Tomlin announced today that, that uh, Switzer would not be the primary punt returner, that it's going to be Deontay Johnson. And I said, Hey, this reduces the chance that, that Switzer makes the roster. And I'm serious. It does reduce (laughs) the chance, but it's not, a lock that he's not going to make it i didn't mean to give people that idea kick returners are really easy really generally speaking pretty easy to replace punt returners are not and the one guy who's going to save him because he doesn't do much on offense Mm -hmm. if they decide that they want to go another direction the one guy who's going to save him is going to be danny smith yeah um my understanding is they haven't even tried Ray 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 mcleod at kick returner which i don't i thought that was why they brought him on because they wanted to
0: i did to too check
2: something in there into the the return game but if they let's say they decided to go that direction and take mcleod and put him in the slot as the next guy mm-hmm. um because he's got return ability he could be that fifth wide receiver deon kane if he had better hands would be a lock to be the fifth yeah. receiver it, but he's he's too inconsistent there so i'm just i'm looking at what's behind Switzer and begrudgingly acknowledging that he's probably going to make the roster, which annoys the shit out of me, but (laughs) there's just, there's not anybody good to push him off. I mean, and it's not like he's good. He's not.
0: I'm with you. I think he makes the roster. I don't think it has anything to do with being buddies with Ben. I think it has. Neither do
2: I. No, I think it has everything. I've tweeted this a bunch of times. Look, guys, if if Ben Roethlisberger had as much say in roster construction as fans seem to think he does, right? Eli Rogers would have made the team last year instead of Johnny Holton. That's true, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. And Rogers still a free agent, <laughs> so you know, and they're buddies. And on top of that, Rogers is a, actually a pretty decent player. I would wouldn't mind him being added now, No, but. No. It is what it is. Yep. Uh, it's probably going to be Switzer. Yep. Uh, Ian, uh, quick take on wide receivers before we
1: move over to the OL. Yeah, um, I agree that I think it's going to be Switzer just because he kind of fills that backup slot position role. Um you know, the the other guys with Deon Kane, he's six two two oh two and some of the other guys <laughs> they've signed lately, um Blacknall who went to Penn State, um, even DeAndre Tompkins, they're they're taller guys, they're more outside guys. So <laughs> um, you know, between Kane and Blacknall and, and Tompkins, they're more outside guys than you've got Switzer and McLeod who are more inside guys. So, um, you know, and and you have four guys on the roster right now in you know Juju, Deontay, James Washington and Chase Claypool that are all capable of playing on the outside they may move some of them into the slot in in certain situations but they're all they're all capable of playing on the outside so you've got four outside guys it doesn't really make sense to have a fifth outside guy Um, they're probably going to want you know someone that is more of a, a slot only type guy, Deion Cain can't really move into the slot. So um, I think Cain has a shot to make the practice squad though, to be kind of that top backup as an outside, you know, Mm -hmm. I guess he'd be the the third string outside receiver, but you know, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I
0: I concur. Uh, Ian, jump into the offensive line. Um, You know, eight, nine, what what do you think they keep here? And, and perhaps more importantly, uh, who, who wins the battle there for the right tackle?
1: Yeah, they I mean they always keep nine. Um so yeah. I'm not going to differentiate from that. Um and my my gut tells me it's going to be Chuka for that wins it. Um I've no inside information on that. That's just kind of a gut feeling um mm-hmm. that he wins the right tackle spot. And you know, we'll we'll see how things go too cuz David DeCastro has been battling an injury. Kevin Dotson's apparently been playing very well in camp so far, uh right. which is a great sign to see um but you know if they have to if they have to shuffle the inside of the line a little bit then you know maybe was becomes a starter maybe um filer has to bump back out to tackle if things uh you know if things don't go well for either a core four or banner the nice thing is they have options at this they point, do right? they've got guys who are versatile that they can move around um and yeah i think offensive line is pretty much set in stone here i don't i don't really think there's much of a of no. a battle going on i think derwin gray is your ninth offensive lineman and yeah, that's
2: there. that's really the only gray area, no pun intended, uh, is that, that ninth offensive lineman. I mean, you've got the starting five, Al, DeCastro, Pouncy. Uh, I should have said Al, Filer, Pouncy, yeah. DeCastro, uh, and, and probably Chukes. I agree with yep. you. But let's just say it's Chukes to start the season, and he doesn't play particularly well. and He loses a job to Banner. I really think the first few games are going to be like a preseason game. Uh, preseason games and and guys may lose jobs early in the season and this may be a league-wide thing um and you know they're they're both on on the roster regardless uh and then you've you know you've got obviously they're going to keep Wisniewski because he's a versatile very versatile versatile center guard uh yeah that guy that that cagey veteran who knows all the tricks but man Dotson they're definitely keeping because he's He's performed so well thus far. Dude is a master. Well, yeah. I mean, as a run blocker, you knew he was going to be devastated. Oh, I mean, you watched this film in college and just went, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like watching a grown man play with middle schoolers.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: I mean, seriously, that was, that was what it was like watching. I mean, yeah. and, and there were stories, again, I, I know I've said this before, but there are stories about him in college telling the defensive line what gap the running back was coming to <laughs> telling them, like, yeah, Hey, hey, that guy's gonna be right on my ass over my yeah. right shoulder. You ready? <laughs> you ready? It's on three. On three, you ready?
0: <laughs> uh, all right, I got to keep us going along, or I'm going to get the giggles here. Uh, move over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Ben, and, and defensive line. You know, we, we the three of us have had some conversations that you know maybe it's possible that they they look to the waiver wire here. Um, but but you you got some info uh, today that you you believe McCullers is going to be on the roster again.
2: Well, uh, I mean. If they, if somebody shakes loose yeah. that they believe can, can, I mean, like a surprise cut today was ha ha Clinton dicks.
0: Yeah. You know, if
2: somebody, if somebody who is a, at least an average starter at nose tackle gets cut, well, you know, there's going to be a decision that has to be made. Right. Yeah. I doubt that. I doubt that given their cap situation, there will be any waiver claims mm-hmm. for anyone who gets cut provided that they're anything more than a minimum salary guy. Uh, Let's say anybody who makes more than a million dollars a year, they're not going to put a waiver claim in for. Um, But if somebody comes loose who is an improvement over McCullers, yeah, I I guess I could see it. But basically what I was told is McCullers came in in really good shape. They're happy with him or as happy as they can be with McCullers and that he's probably going to make the team. And I had hoped Carlos Davis was going to push him For that spot. And apparently he isn't. So, yeah, um, yeah, I've got Hayward to it, obviously. And Mm -hmm. Tyson Alualu making the team. And then Chris Wormley, Isaiah Bugs, And yeah, probably Dan McCullers. Uh, But, you know, you never know. I mean, something can happen. A lot can happen between now and next Saturday.
0: Yeah and and Wormley has uh been been a very limited participant so far but he was a full go today so if if that continues I think I think he'll be fine in the role that they're expecting him. Um go ahead uh, uh Ian address any things uh defensive line wise and then move over to inside linebackers.
1: No I think uh defensive lines one of our deepest positions. I think defensive line and cornerback are, are pretty much set in stone and they're you know two of the deepest spots on the team so no additional comments there inside linebackers uh top three are set in stone um devin bush and uh vince williams are your two starters and -hmm. then uh ulysses gilbert who's there have been a lot of good reports about throughout camp um will be the number three guy and you know they may even try and sub gilbert in for williams on some some passing downs to see how he can hold up because he is a, a faster more athletic guy um there have been talks of using uh Safety is basically Marcus Allen, and uh, you know, kind of why they drafted Antoine Brooks, too, um, to fill that sort of dimebacker role to slide a basically bring a third safety onto the field and and line them up as an inside linebacker to give you some more speed and agility there, especially Mm -hmm. in in long passing situations. And that's a tactic that, that some teams have used before. Um, I I want to say that the chargers did it against the Ravens last year and it worked pretty well having, you know, trying to to limit Lamar Jackson's um, running abilities. Um, And and there've been some other teams that have kind of used that strategy against, especially teams with running quarterbacks um, to, to throw a safety in there instead of a, you know, a run stopping linebacker. And that's, giving them some more speed to chase down those guys to the outside. Um, But we'll see what happens. Um, You know, I I think those three are set in stone. Robert Spillane is probably the fourth best inside linebacker on the roster right now, but I'm, I'm not really convinced he makes it. He was on the roster at the end of the year last year just because of injuries, but he started the year on the practice squad, and that's probably where he'll wind up again this year. Um, so, and there could always be some guys that get cut out there, um, that you could sign as a, as a bottom of the roster kind of guy that'll contribute on special teams. Um, and they, you know, I doubt they'll only keep three inside linebackers. They'll probably keep four. Um, so I I think a four inside five outsides probably the way they'll go.
0: Spillane's kind of a a nice little special team or decent against the run, horrible against ass type guy uh ben go ahead and and attack the inside linebackers if you got anything there and then uh move to the outside guys
2: no i mean i pretty much agree with yeah. with the end it's gonna be it's gonna be bush and williams and ulysses grant excuse me <laughs> <laughs> gilbert you <laughs> oh. <laughs> gilbert and then yes yeah, belaine who's not i mean he's not super impressive it, it is what it is um yeah. But he, uh, you know, he, he is a decent special teams player. Uh, and I think, honestly, that's probably what gets him the job this year is the fact that Danny Smith usually makes the calls for the guys at the end of the roster, you know, and, and whether or not – if if you can play special teams, chances are much better that you make the team mm-hmm. than if you – do not if you cannot, so um it's not like he's an outstanding special teamer, but no, he's he's no. okay, he okay. really
0: is, yeah, 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 so uh ben on the outside i am just gonna assume you've got t j bud, the rookie highsmith, tuzar, perhaps, and then of course Ola, that gives you five uh is that what you're looking at
2: yeah i'm i'm gonna say in in this order t j bud Ola uh Tuzar and then Highsmith at number 5. Uh um, right. I I think that's currently the way it is, mm-hmm. all right? Mm-hmm. Uh I think that Highsmith will earn more time over the course of the season just like a, a handful of rookies we've got on the on the roster this year. Right. Uh early on these guys won't see a lot of of snaps, but as the season goes on as they pick things up, uh as as faith in them is is developed you know from the coaches and and their fellow players they will eventually earn more snaps but early on you know they're going to be bottom of the of the depth chart guys sure. uh but yeah i mean that's it's pretty simple there's really not a whole lot of guesswork at outside linebacker this year
0: no i i don't think so either um ian if you had any thoughts on that otherwise uh just just jump into safety and and uh cornerback if you would
1: yeah so cornerback is is really straightforward um yeah yep. yeah it's I mean yep. Hayden and Nelson are your starters on the outside. Mike Hilton is your slot guy, Cam Sutton's kind of your utility guy. They can fill in wherever you need him to uh and then Justin Lane, they're still trying to bring along um you know he was a converted wide receiver to corner in college right. um and we draft him in the third round, so there's the investment there, and they're still working him along and and getting him into the rotation, but those are your five corners and that that is what it is. Um, It's safety. Uh, Top two are obvious, Minka and Terrell Edmonds. Mm -hmm. Um, And then beyond that, they really don't have a whole lot of depth at safety. So if they're they're looking to sign someone that gets cut somewhere, um, a safety would be a good spot. I mean, they drafted Antoine Brooks, but we talked about him being more of a a dimebacker, strong safety type. And then... Um, you know, Jordan Dangerfield's kind of a cat of nine lives that he continues to make the roster year after yep, year. And he he probably will just for his special teams play and his, um, well, primarily his special teams play. But he knows the playbook, so that's that's really what's <laughs> what's gonna come down to. And yeah. Marcus Allen probably makes the roster as well just because of uh, you know they're using him as an inside linebacker. Um, so versatility yeah. knows the playbook and can play special teams. When you start to get down to it, that's that's gonna make a difference for these last few guys.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you, and, and we're right up against it. So I'm just going to tell you right now, it'll be Cam Candidate snapping. It'll be uh, uh, Chris Boswell doing the kicking, and all of you will be really excited to see Jordan Berry back as your punter. Uh, I, I've heard he's been challenged a little bit, but I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, in any case, uh, make sure you check out the website, steelcityblitz.com, and follow us on Facebook, Steel City Blitz, and of course on Twitter at SC Blitz. Uh, for these two Yahoos, this is Steel Dad signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And
2: hey, go Steelers. Ravens suck.